0: Welcome to episode 197 of the Various and podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from our virtual studio, not on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary, by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is eagerly awaiting a couch, John Scott Sloat. Doc, what's going on? Well, I'm fascinated to hear more about this couch that you're waiting on here since you're recording from home. Yeah.
1: So we're recording Tuesday morning instead of Monday. We'll talk why that happened in a bit, but, uh, but I always work from home on Tuesday, believe it or not. Okay. And, uh, but I was going to come in to record and then realized that we are going to have uh, a couch delivered. So we bought uh, a new sectional couch for our living room. That's you know, our, our living room is an interesting place. It's uh, no TV, it's large. And so we, we need a big couch in there. And so mm-hmm. we went out and, uh, and bought a couch uh, for the hopes of getting it in time for Christmas, uh, which, you know, October 10th qualifies as in time for Christmas. Yes, it does. Yeah. So I am uh, waiting for their delivery between uh, which I, I did not know when I asked to do it on, to do a virtual recording. They told me three to six, they gave me that time frame, uh, that they will deliver the couch.
0: I see. Yeah, don't you have I thought you had a sectional in there? You just have two, like a couch and a love seat in there.
1: So we had a sectional in there, but it was just too small for the room. It's it just looked really tiny. And so we we wanted something bigger, something that filled up a little bit more space. So that, that, that's why. So we moved that down to the basement. And we now have ample seating in the basement for sports, movies, things like
0: that. Okay. All right. Well, if you would like to get in touch with John and find out more about where he bought his couch, you can reach us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook and on youtube and of course we would love for you to leave a five star rating of the program all right john let's jump right into the sports here there's a lot going on this is a busy month yeah so uh let's start let's start nfl since that's your jam okay uh tell us about the jets this weekend the Jets had a gritty win,
1: uh, so they went into Denver for the third year in a row, believe it or not. I think that was our third year in a row going into Denver, or at least playing the Broncos. And, uh, and we beat uh, Russell Wilson and uh, uh, a uh, late-career Sean Payton. I think that's fair <laughs> to say.
0: Maybe, yeah. Is, is
1: that fair? I mean, I mean, he seems to have put on some weight. Yes. Uh, And and he seems to do not quite as good of a job as he did in New Orleans.
0: That's that's at least my feeling watching him. Yeah, though, in fairness, I'm not sure he has the same level of talent to work with. Sure, sure,
1: sure. Yeah. Drew Brees is not there anymore. Um, And And I, I don't think
0: definitely late career Russell
1: Wilson. Yeah, I think I think Russell Wilson might be playing himself out of the Hall of Fame right now. I mean, just just not looking good anyway. Zach Wilson was serviceable, made some good passes, got put points on the board. Uh, the defense had a defensive touchdown. Um, there was we had another safety, uh, which is which is just weird, but uh, yeah, it, it was a it was a good win, something we can build on. You got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And that's what we did.
0: and so at this point, how optimistic are you that the Jets can make the playoffs?
1: Um, you know, a lot of people had us starting one and three anyway, uh, even with Aaron Rodgers. So I think I feel okay. Um, I'm hearing that his rehab is going well and he's hoping to make a January return to the team. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I the Jets the jets are two and three, correct? Two and three now. Right. Yeah. But before this week, they were one and three. Okay. Um, they got, they got an outside shot. I, I, I think I think they're in the hunt as uh, the graphics around Thanksgiving
0: will say. Okay. All right. Uh, Anything else in the NFL landscape that caught your attention?
1: So I was at a wedding all day, so I, I did not catch very much football uh, NFL football. Um, I saw that the bears won on Thursday.
0: Yes. And uh, Justin Fields played really well. Um. Did the Texans win as well? That I don't. I don't think they did, though. Again, C.J. Stroud is playing well.
1: Yeah, that that's what I was alluding to. I think C.J. Stroud is playing pretty well. Um, the Jaguars beat Buffalo in London. Yeah, uh,
0: which who who saw that coming? Yeah, though I don't know. I I think when you add the element of flying across the ocean and playing a game that's at a very different times, you know, it's like, I just think that's weird. Yep. And you know, that's not, that's not to give the bills an excuse, but you know, it does open the door for more fluky things happening. I think than if this game were just, you know, in Jacksonville or in Buffalo.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think the 49ers are very good. Yeah. I think the Eagles are very, very good. Uh, The lions are very, very good. And and I believe they are three, three NFC teams right there. So that that's going to be interesting to watch those three make their way into the playoffs. Um, the Carolina Panthers are very, very bad. Yes. Very, very bad. Um, the Arizona Cardinals are very, very bad. And quite frankly, I'm not sure the Vikings are very, very, are, are good at all. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that that's my NFL roundup assessment.
0: Yeah, I was trying to see here real quick if I could find the Texans score. I was pretty sure they lost. They lost by two to the Falcons, another not very good team. Um, but, but CJ
1: Shroud threw for two hundred fifty yards, touchdown, no interceptions. That's what you like to see.
0: Yeah, he has yet to throw a pick through five games. As that's a rookie. great. That that that's actually he set the record for most pass attempts as a rookie without an interception so uh yeah i think he's he's doing well um let's see uh let's move on to college football okay uh busy weekend in college football uh we'll start with ohio state uh they struggled early uh played arguably about as poorly as you could imagine them playing in the first half against maryland Went into halftime tied at 10, and quite frankly, that was a small miracle that they were tied at 10. Um, and then uh, and then Maryland got the ball to start the second half and marched right down the field and scored a touchdown. So they were down 17-10 with about you know 11 minutes left in the third quarter. And then Ohio State proceeded to score 27 unanswered points to uh, put the game away. So I watched that game. Uh, at least the I watched the first three quarters. Okay.
1: At Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> uh, with my wife's extended family,
0: which are who, Ohio State fans,
1: who are most are Ohio State grads. Yeah. And uh, and most live in the Columbus area.
0: And my guess is they <clears throat> they were not too happy with Ohio State's performance.
1: Not not in the first <clears throat> half. No no they were they were not pleased at
0: all. Yeah. Um, I I I've taken now. I will say Maryland was undefeated, and they really should have been ranked. They should have been ranked like twenty third, twenty fourth, something like that. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, bottom line is I have taken a bit of a turn on this Ohio State team. I am, uh, I am now pessimistic about their odds of making the college football playoff. Their their offensive line is just not good enough right now, and five weeks in, they should be much better. And if they don't change some of the things that they're doing uh, they'll lose to Penn state and they'll lose to, to the team up North. Was there uh, now, I, as I watched that first half, as somebody who doesn't
1: watch a lot of Ohio state football, I I kind of looked at it and I went, this is a bi-week hangover. This, yeah. this is them sort of knocking off the rust. And I, I think you're right. They were lucky to get out of that first half tied, Uh but I thought I thought once they knocked the rust off, they would return to form and and dominate. Um,
0: yeah, but they still didn't really run the ball effectively um, against a team that was not good against the run. They did not have their top top rusher though, right? He was he was out with an injury. Uh, yes, but uh, that would not have made any significant difference. You know, hmm. a running back can only run where there's holes and gaps. Yeah, and, and they just weren't there. Um. So yes, I've taken a bit of a turn on this Ohio State team. I am now pessimistic that they will make the college football playoff. Um, but uh, things could still change, I suppose. Okay. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Notre Dame lost to Louisville. That was that was a game. shock. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, USC. Survived against Arizona in three overtimes. Their defense is atrocious. They're they're just they will not win a national title. They may not make the college football playoff because that defense is so bad. Even though they have the returning Heisman uh, winner. Uh, and then I don't know if you caught this. I know you don't follow college football very closely. Uh, Miami lost to Georgia Tech. Did you see how they lost to Georgia Tech? Did you happen to catch this? Uh, I I believe I did. Should they have taken a knee and they didn't? and there was a so fumble they were up i can't remember they were up four i think or they they were up had the ball georgia tech didn't have any timeouts left and they could have taken two knees and ended the game instead with about 38 seconds left they hand the ball off or literally if they had just had taken the knee mm. the clock runs out they hand the ball off Miami fumbles, Georgia Tech recovers, and then inexplicably, on basically the last play of the game, Miami allows a wide receiver to get like 10 yards behind their deepest defender, and Georgia Tech throws a touchdown pass to win the game. And what's crazy is it later emerged that um, footage from the sideline of one of the assistant coaches – yelling to the head coach, knee, knee, we can just take a knee. And the head coach completely ignores him. It wasn't like, you know, like, oh, he couldn't have hurt. No, he just ignores him. Yeah, that's not good. No. And what's crazy is apparently, so this coach who's at Miami used to be at Oregon. The same thing happened at Oregon when he was the coach. He had a similar thing. Like once is, is like are you kidding me twice is like utter incompetence take the w and go home yeah i, I don't know what's going on there that that's that's just
1: those you know. are the okay those are the moments where i go that coach has money on the game and is trying to get his <laughs> kicker in place to beat the spread or you know you know uh, uh get to some point total or something like that yeah, because I, why why run the ball in that situation other I, than you you got you got a bookie coming after you if you don't score a, a field goal there. Yeah, who
0: knows? It's crazy. Uh and this upcoming weekend will be a good weekend of college football. Several top 25 matchups. Um, not including Ohio State. Uh they play at Purdue, which is a trap game. Um yep. it uh they've lost at Purdue uh several times. And uh I was so. My, my son John is going to the game, and I warned him. I said, uh, If they lose, it's your fault because our son Jake was at, at the Purdue game the last time Ohio State lost at Purdue. And the time before that, Kate and I were at the game when Ohio State lost at Purdue. So, John's attending the game doesn't bode well. It's on him if we lose, yes.
1: It's yeah. on him. Potentially. Also, uh, Colorado beat Arizona.
0: Arizona State. Arizona
1: State, excuse me. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, And perhaps not the best look for Colorado after uh, they won that game. Uh, is it Shakur Sanders? Is that how you say his name, I think? The the quarterback for Colorado. Deion I'm not sure, Sun. yeah. Um went over and taunted the Arizona State student section after the game. I mean, Arizona State's one in five, folks. Like, <laughs> you know, act like you've been there a little bit. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, also, we should probably hit briefly on uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have not followed them at all, so you're going to have to update me here. So basically, the wild card round has, is over.
1: Um, they play a best of three and, uh, Arizona, Philadelphia, Texas, and Minnesota all advanced out of those sweeping their opponents. So no, no three game series in that. And now, uh, we're in the middle of, uh, the ALDS and the NLDS. So the divisional league series, um, and, uh, the series between Minnesota and Houston is tied one apiece. Uh, between uh, the Texas Rangers and uh, the Baltimore Orioles, Texas is up two nothing, which is a little bit of a surprise. The Baltimore Orioles are a one seed. Uh, between Atlanta and Philly is tied one one, which is a divisional rivalry. And then Arizona against the Dodgers, Arizona leads two games to nil uh, oh. against the Dodgers, which they're they're a surprise team. They're a good story. I think the two best stories out there are Baltimore and Arizona. Um, yeah,
0: coming kind of out of nowhere. Though, let's be honest. Uh, if you're going to ask the Major League uh, executives who they want in the World Series, they don't want either of those teams in the World Series.
1: Um, I mean, Baltimore, you get the D.C. crowd a little bit. So maybe, maybe you know, you maybe. get some East Coast folks. But you're right. No one wants to see Arizona in there.
0: Um, yeah, they're just not going to pull big numbers in terms of TV ratings.
1: yeah. He- They'd be okay with Houston, yeah. Um, certainly Los Angeles, certainly Philadelphia, certainly Atlanta. I don't know how they feel about Texas, the Texas Rangers. They haven't been very good for very long. I don't know. They haven't made the playoffs in years. Um, Houston, I think, gets pretty good ratings. But, yeah, but yeah. probably not the Diamondbacks.
0: Yeah, probably not.
1: Uh, which makes me want to root for them, you know, which I <laughs> mean. Uh, a little bit. A little, a little contrarian sense to them. So yes indeed. <clears throat> but I'm probably pulling for the Orioles and the Diamondbacks out of this list. Certainly not the Phillies or the Braves.
0: Yeah, obviously. Um, obviously. But anyway. All right, John, we should move on to our topic for the day. Yep. Okay. We are continuing our series in uh second Peter and the different uh character qualities that uh peter uh exhorts believers to uh to grow in and so um why don't you go ahead and read for us second peter one and uh let's go ahead and read verses five through eight let's do that okay uh for this reason
1: Excuse me for this very reason make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for if these qualities are yours and incre- and are increasing they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Okay. All right. So we're talking about steadfastness or endurance. Another way that you could uh, translate that. Um, <clears throat> so, what comes to your mind when you when you think of that particular um, character quality? Um. Uh
1: i mean i mean when i think of the word steadfast it's just <clears throat> broadly speaking just sort of this endurance or perseverance through difficult times or circumstances uh over a long period of time uh, uh, so so mm-hmm. so sort of sort of continuing despite obstacles is usually what i think
0: of yeah yeah how did I, I do that's... without
1: how did i do is that is that the notes
0: <laughs> uh, sure sure uh The capacity to hold out or bear up in the face of difficulty. Hmm. I think you pretty much nailed it there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you full marks on that one.
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, How do you see this relating to, because I think seeing this virtue, it's impossible to see the virtue of steadfastness without its relation to self-control.
0: How do you see the two of those interacting? yeah, I mean, I think um they're certainly related. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's gonna be difficult to endure in the face of hardship um, if there is no uh, if there's no self-control, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, uh, enduring in the face of hardship, it, with a lack of self-control, you're you're probably going to end up either um, giving up. If that's if if the circumstances in one sense allow that, sometimes they don't. Uh, or uh, you can easily become bitter and angry towards God. Um, you know, it is certainly understandable that when we are faced with difficult circumstances, that we are tempted to be bitter or angry towards God, especially if you have a robust. Um, doctrine of god's sovereignty right Mm -hmm. if you firmly believe in god's sovereignty and believe in his omnipotence that he's capable of uh removing you from that hardship then the fact that he doesn't raises questions in your Mm -hmm. in your heart and mind um and so if you don't have a measure of self-control i think you end up uh far more easily giving in to either bitterness or uh, or anger towards God
1: hmm. No, that's a that's a good word. I, I also think this idea of steadfastness, uh, this sort of endurance through difficulty, through struggle, through strife, uh, really pushes back on some of those prosperity gospel notions, right? Sure. That 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 if you develop your faith, if you sort of uh, believe the right things and and believe it strongly enough, Mm -hmm. you're going to get everything you want. Uh, Life is going to be easier. Uh, Your cancer is going to go away. You know, you know, all your your legs will be the same length. Um, Yeah. You know, uh, I think embedded in the word steadfast is sort of this idea that just like, hey, yeah, Christian life is great. It's hard. Uh, there's going to be obstacles, there's going to be struggles, there's going to be frustrations that come out as you continually grow and grow and grow.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, um, you know, there's a sense in which uh, the reason that steadfastness is necessary or endurance is necessary is because of the not yet of the Christian life. Yeah. That uh, what God has promised us uh, there's still a lot of not yet to come, and so as a result of that, uh, there's a there's a need for being steadfast in the midst of uh, waiting for that to happen, waiting for uh, the fulfillment of God's promises. And realizing that in many—really, uh, you might even say in, in, in a sense, unless, unless Christ returns, uh, you don't get to see the fullness of Uh, god's promises realized in this life so uh, i think that's a uh, that's a big piece of it and that's also honestly why uh when you look biblically this term shows up a lot in the book of revelation Hmm. the idea of being steadfast or enduring to the end you know there's a lot of statements in revelation that uses the same greek word that, that have the sense of the one who endures to the end you know we'll ha- we'll receive this blessing and that sort of thing so um it makes sense that it shows up a lot in a book like that
1: uh and i i also believe it's the same greek word used in romans uh 5 correct yes yeah uh, that uh oh my goodness where's the actual verse uh verse
0: verses 3 and 4
1: Three and four. Uh, rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our sufferings produce endurance. Um, and Paul goes uh, in in Romans goes as far as to say that endurance produces character, uh, that yeah. through these difficulties, there is something sharpening and, and changing of us in, in there.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then even later there in Romans 15, uh, Paul says that one of the reasons God gave us scripture is to produce steadfastness or endurance that's Romans 15 4 and 5 as we learn from those who've gone before us so uh, it it is striking that even as you think about how do we um, you know how how do we grow in this area uh, it's it's refreshing in one sense that God says I gave you scripture for this very reason like so you can grow in this area I've given you scripture so that you can not just read it in some sort of you know Quickie soundbite kind of way, but uh, but to reflect on it, to think about it, as a means of of building that uh, that endurance that we need.
1: Yeah, no that that's a that's a good word.
0: I, I think uh, here's here's a here's an issue I'd like to to raise, which I think uh, we this could get us in a little bit of trouble. Not not like getting us fired trouble, because, of course, that's the, you know, number one rule of the podcast is don't get fired. Uh, but when you think about uh, one of the terms our culture uses that's not as common as well, that's more common really than endurance, probably, is you see more and more people uh, raising the issue of especially among students, among uh, this current young generation, is they lack grit. Mm-hmm. And you know, to me, those concepts are relatively similar. Grit yeah. and endurance, I think, have a lot of overlap. They're not exactly the same, but uh, there's a lot of overlap between those two. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think you and I both have seen this in this current generation of high school and college students. That um, this is not true across the board. There are there are plenty of students that fall into this category who are who d- who demonstrate grit and determination and endurance in the face of hardship. There are there are there are students like that. But and, and here's where we I think we have to tread carefully. Is I think now that with so much focus on students' mental health and how broadly that term is used. I mean, it is used so broadly now that some of the ways we talk about mental health actually undermine the pursuit of endurance or grit or determination. Do you think that's true?
1: In some ways, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I I will say, like... Uh... So the researcher who sort of popularized the term grit uh is uh Angela Duckworth I don't know familiar with her she has a book called grit uh, but she's out of the University of Pennsylvania um and uh and has a whole center where she studies this and one of the studies she comes across is grit broadly defined grows as you get older um and so it, in some sense it's just like goodness we're dealing with people who who haven't Gone through difficult things in order to develop some of that grit or some of that endurance, um, mm-hmm. and so there's part of me that goes and 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 some of that comes back to I think Jonathan Haidt's work, right, where he, where he talks about the coddling of the American mind and the yeah. the safety culture that we have um, broadly in our culture, and so we're giving some students their first experiences of uh, difficulty and uh you know they sure. don't have the they don't have the safety net of of mom and dad around like a like somebody going through something similar at 12 13 or 14 that that, that maybe others have so um yeah i i think it's a i i think you're right i think the, the mental health discussion and labeling everything as traumatic or a mental health issue or uh, even sort of the utopian ish belief that we should never experience difficulty at all uh, mm-hmm. in in the modern world uh, sort of pushes, a, you know, you know, sort of brings on us like a, no, 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 you don't need endurance because you're supposed to live in a utopia where everything's great and easy, or at least that's some subtext. I don't think anybody would say it quite that directly, but yeah. anyway, that's a ton of rambling on that topic, but pick and choose, what you'd like.
0: Well, I just think that, um, and you know, my wife's a teacher she teaches high school students, obviously, you and I interact with college students and seminary students and um it it just seems like there is a mentality that um, you know, oh, I had this unpleasant thing happen to me, so that means I should be off the hook for doing. My homework assignment or preparing for this test or and then sometimes you probe a little deeper and you're like okay yeah that's unpleasant but that should not be a your life now stops and you're off the hook for basic responsibilities of life yeah and part of what worries me is that if everything if everything becomes a mental health issue then those sort of lesser things that God uses to produce endurance, steadfastness, grit. Uh, that Instead of learning from that and learning just the, there are days where I'm just going to have to kind of buck up and just do what I'm supposed to do, even though my life circumstances are not great. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you can take that to an extreme like i'm sure. not saying there's never a place for like oh gosh this awful thing happened i think i just need to 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 kind of recover a bit from that and not just sort of blindly press on with everything in my life but i mean it seems to me that that used to be reserved for like really big obvious things yeah like oh you had a close relative pass away okay yeah I can understand you might need a few days to kind of, you know, recover from that. And so, sure, yeah, let's let's give you an extension on that assignment. Let's let's accommodate those sorts of things. But, you know, yes,
1: my class is making you anxious. It's not a good reason to miss class.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Which I've gotten that before. I've gotten the, hey, I saw you standing up there getting ready to lecture, and I had an anxiety attack. I need to leave. Like okay, do what you need to do, but I don't think that's going to help the anxiety at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, it's just, anyway, uh, and I think part of it is, I think you're right, part of it is that sort of expectation that, well, our lives should not have any difficulties Mm -hmm. or uh, that life is supposed to be relatively easy and prosperous as opposed to, well, no, I should expect that um, bad things are going to happen. And this world is not my home anyway. Like, my ultimate hope is not in the perfect life here. Mm-hmm. It's in the new creation. And so, um, but, you know, here's the thing. <clears throat> I think, and this is where I'll throw some parents under the bus, and my own generation of parents, because we're the ones who raised this current <laughs> generation of students.
1: This is actually a Matt Harmon problem. Yes. Yeah, it yes. is. It is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that. uh some approaches to parenting, i.e. the sort of helicopter parenting, yeah, undermine the, no, you just have to, you're just going to have to endure this one. This is not a, you know, this is a situation that's not ideal, but instead of running away from it, instead of completely removing yourself from it, you're just going to have to learn to endure it. Mm-hmm. You know, students, uh, you know, you sometimes see this with athletic uh, teams. You know, Johnny goes out for basketball or whatever, and it's not going how Johnny expects. He expected to get more playing time. He's not getting more playing time. Maybe there's somebody on the team, there's some kids on the team that he doesn't click with. So, as a parent, do you step in and be like, okay, it's okay that you quit? It's okay that you quit the team. Yeah. Or do you say to Johnny, you made a commitment. I know it's not ideal, but you're going to follow through with this commitment and you're going to keep you're going to keep playing on the team and you're going to learn to uh, grow from this somehow. So I, I, I those that's just one example. But those kind of dynamics of there can be a parenting instinct like, oh, that's difficult. I need to help you get out of it as me immediately and not experience that difficulty as opposed to. No, nope, you're just going to have to learn to deal with that one. Yeah, and
1: I and I think that gets back to Jonathan Haidt's work on uh, the culture of safetyism. Yes. Yeah. For Um, sure. You know, and and the psychological safetyism particularly.
0: Yes. But I I also will say I think um, one thing that that pushes against us growing in endurance or steadfastness is we live in an instant gratification culture. Mm -hmm. And so even I think there are small things you can do to try to help. reinforce delayed gratification as an exercise in endurance in one sense right you know Mm -hmm. you see something i want it right now well do you really need it right now is it the best financial decision for you to have that right now or even just would that be good for you to have right now as opposed to maybe later like i just think sometimes we get so caught up in our delayed or in our instant gratification culture that um it undermines the development of endurance or steadfastness
1: yeah yeah no i I think that's right i mean goodness i think about the early church and the progress of the gospel in the first couple centuries and uh it required a a a steadfastness to it right it required sort of this we're going to evangelize generation by generation by generation um until it's you know swallowed the world uh, swallowed the roman world whole uh, pretty yeah. much and uh, that, that required a good bit of perseverance, commitment to long-term goals um, mm-hmm. and it, it came to fruition
0: yeah absolutely, it's a good word alright John, you ready to move on? sure, sure uh, time now for this day in sports history I almost jumped into it right I, before I know, I know so,
1: <laughs> Must be out of practice here. Uh, okay, this day in sports history, October 10th. October 10th. Here we are, October 10th. Uh, 1920, the Cleveland Indians outfielder Elmer Smith. I can pronounce that one. Uh, hits uh, baseball's first ever World Series Grand Slam. Uh, teammate Bill <laughs> <Wong-Nass>, uh <laughs> makes the first unassisted World Series triple play in game five.
0: So Boy, in the same that- game. Same the game. The same game. Wow. I I think wamsgans is as how I'd go with that one. Maybe. Why? I feel like I
1: I think I was pretty close um, <laughs> to to what you just said there. <laughs> 1976. Greece's 98 year old uh dimitron Jordanis. How was that?
0: Jordanitis.
1: Jordan is the oldest man to compete in a marathon. He finished in seven hours and 33 minutes.
0: By the way, have you seen, this is really off our radar, but uh, there's a guy, a young, like he's like 22 or 23. He's on the verge of breaking the two hour barrier for a marathon. Did you see this? He's like 35 35 seconds away from it. And um, I mean, all the buzz is he's going to make it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, runners. I think at their peak at like twenty-seven. Is that is that is sure. that right? I don't know. Maybe so he he's not quite there yet. Uh, Nineteen eighty-seven, Hartford Center Doug Jarvis ends his uh, career having played an NHL record nine hundred and sixty-four consecutive games as the Whalers uh, lose six to two to the New York Rangers. Have you seen the Hartford Whalers logo from back in the day? I haven't. Is it, it a whale? Is- it's a it's a whale's tail. Uh, it is a thing of beauty. If you've never Googled
0: Hartford Whalers, you absolutely should. I'm guessing that in our audience, there is not a single person who has Googled Hartford Whalers. I, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I think it's a pretty. I think it's the a pretty logo? popular
1: historical logo. Like people <laughs> like it. Um, anyway. Uh, 1993 uh, Cleveland Browns Najee uh, Mustafa sets club record for longest interception return 97 yards there you go yeah 1993 uh, that's uh, uh pre-move to Baltimore yes
0: yes yes that's the original Cleveland Browns franchise yes
1: and uh, 2020 French Open women's tennis 19 year old uh, Swatek of Poland wins her country's
0: <laughs> You missed her first, first name.
1: Oh, I did. Uh, Iga Swatek <laughs> Swiatek of Poland uh, wins her country's first singles major title beats American Sofia uh, Kennan.
0: Okay. Yeah. Which, that that's a COVID thing, right? Because the French Open is normally in like uh may but uh, that I year see. obviously with COVID it was pushed back and they still held it but they held it in october so i uh, see Uh i had okay. never heard of iga swatek the s has got a weird accent over it and the a has got a weird accent mark underneath it so
1: yeah i you know, when it comes to some of these like Eastern European, yeah, uh, spellings, I, I often think those accents are just growths on the letters themselves, <laughs> okay. and uh, they need to be removed by a by a licensed surgeon or something.
0: Okay, uh, who do you like out of the list?
1: I probably like the Cleveland Indians one with with Elmer Smith and Bill Wangas.
0: Okay. Okay. I what was do you leaning. Like? I was leaning towards Demetrian Jordan your Jordanitis.
1: Your I mean, completing completing a marathon at ninety eight is impressive.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I can go either way. Obviously, I don't think we'll ever repeat either of those. So let let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go the marathon. Okay, we'll go with Demetrian Jordanitis. It is one thing you liked.
1: All right, so this weekend I was down in North Carolina, and I got the distinct honor and privilege of officiating my sister-in-law's wedding. And so, uh, so this is Kara, yes? Yeah, Kara got married uh, over okay. the weekend um, to uh, my my new what what is what is her husband to me? Is he brother-in-law technically? Like, how do you how
0: do you? I, I would regard that as a brother-in-law, okay. even though I don't know if that's technically the correct uh term I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'd go with that. So uh his name's Samuel. I know he's
1: dropped in and listened to a couple of episodes from time to time. Okay. Um, but uh I I do not think Kara is a is a listener in any stretch of the imagination. But okay uh their their service was awesome, a, a ton of fun to officiate, a ton a, a very fun wedding to be a part of.
0: It was a good time. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so for me, uh, I've been waiting to use this. I've just had other things that have taken precedence for our one thing. But uh, uh, I am finishing up the audiobook version of Colin Hansen's biography of Tim Keller. And part of what makes the audio uh, version better is that they included... Uh, audio of Timmy K. and some of his sermons. Hmm. So they included uh, his sermon the Sunday after 9-11. They included his gospel-centered um, ministry message from the first Gospel Coalition um, uh, event. There's also a uh, a lecture done by uh, Ed Clowney, on basically on preaching christ from the old testament and then there's a uh i just started this one it's a um uh, a message that elizabeth Elliot gave um so yeah it's just fascinating because i mean the whole focus of the biography is on i mean it tells it tells the story of his life but focuses a lot on the sort of intellectual theological influences on Mm. on keller And so it's a nice touch to have actual audio from some of these um, key figures that help shape um, Tim Keller's approach to life and ministry.
1: Yeah, no, that's excellent.
0: And it's on Scribd. So if you have a Scribd subscription, it is freely available to you.
1: We should see if we could get a partnership from Scribd uh,
0: to to like... Yeah, with our massive, uh, massive listenership there. I mean... I'm sure we could get 7 8 <laughs> subscribers. There you
1: go. Did you see that they're splitting? Did you get that email that Scribd is becoming yeah. one thing and they're naming their audiobook and ebook thing another thing?
0: Yes, now? I forget what it what it's going to be, but I Scribd can't remember is, what it's called. Yeah, Scribd is just going to be like uh user uploaded documents, isn't that what is that what you understood that?
1: That's my understanding. I I don't know I don't use that side of it, I so never I don't know that yeah. what that is. Um.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess even though they're splitting, I guess we'll s- still like your subscription is good for both aspects of it. Still, yeah. I, guess. I I think so, so. I think so. I don't know. We'll have to have our people reach out to Scribd and see if we can uh come up with a sponsorship deal. That's what we need.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Where you and I get free access for life. That's uh, that's the deal I really that's, want.
0: That's sort of the non-negotiable. Part <laughs> uh, point, yeah.
1: So that'd be ideal. All
0: right, John. We have talked college and NFL football. We have talked steadfastness slash endurance. We have talked Demetrian Jordanitis completing a marathon at age ninety-eight.
1: He sounds like a mashup between like some sort of uh, some sort of Autobot and uh, <laughs> some sort of like Spartan warrior. Okay, he, he kind of can... has a mashup between those two
0: in his name. I can go with that. Yeah, uh, we have talked you officiating your sister-in-law's wedding, and we have talked the Colin Hansen biography of Timmy K. So I think by definition. We have covered our various and sundry topics. So all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless you all real good. Later.